everyone, and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 16th episode of Riverdale Season 3, Big Fun. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by the marvelous Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I'm good, but you should have changed it to, like, unprofessional or loser or something. Like, how many false starts we just had, because I well, can't do anything right. I wrote it before we had all those false starts. <laughs> so, so next I week is when I'll have you. something bad, right? Yeah. Next yeah, week will be like, week... with total F up, Kirsten McInnes. <laughs> Pretty much. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm going to do. So okay. I debated putting something worse for you today, but I like to come in with high hopes, but not next time. So. <laughs> not yeah. next time. Well, I'm really sorry, and hopefully I don't disappoint you, and uh, we'll just get through this together, and we'll have big fun. Yeah. And uh, sorry, everyone, just want to say up front here, we are several days later than normal this week. You know, I was sick, and uh, I blame Kirsten for whatever the reason was yesterday. Literally yesterday, I fell asleep on the couch at 7 p.m., woke up at 9, brushed my teeth and moved to my bed and stayed there until 6 a.m. I could not keep my eyes open yesterday. Like if we had podcasted yesterday, I don't know what I would have said. I would have probably fallen asleep while I was talking to you. Like I, there was just something wrong with me. It's because I'm so riveting. No, I, I was just <laughs> lethargic yesterday. I don't know why. Okay, sure. I'll try not to be too offended by that comment, but No, whatever. it wasn't because of you. It's because of me. Uh-huh. Okay. You don't have to take things so personally. These are the excuses that she uses. I'm not buying it Anyways, at all. this is one time I made an excuse and Mary had to cancel several times because she was sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I had tried to record on Saturday like originally planned, I you would not be able to hear me because I had no voice. Anyways, there were factors outside of our control and it doesn't matter because now we're here and we're recording and just be excited because now you'll get two Kowski casts like pretty close to each other. <laughs> exactly. So, yay. Yeah. So, okay. The Heathers episode. The musical episode. We knew it was coming. There were a lot of a lot of pictures and stuff shown around the internet before this. Did you happen to see any of those before you actually saw the episode? No, I actually did pretty well at uh, avoiding all sort of indication of anything. Okay. Yeah. So I, I went into it being a little bummed with certain of their casting choices because I thought that it would fit better in the show to have Tony being uh, Veronica made more sense now that I realize that Josie was, but I think the way they did it is okay. Uh, it was basically just like, we're going to throw out all of these characters and have whoever we want sing these songs anyway, even if they're not technically the right role. So I just kind of dealt with it. Yeah. You know? And um, guess what? I don't care for Tony as a choreographer because why do they need her? Shouldn't someone else have been doing that? Does she have any experience in choreography? I just didn't care for it. And it was dumb. And I hated this episode. I'm sorry. Okay. Did you hate this episode more or less than the previous musical episode? Uh, slightly less than the previous one. But I think it was just because I knew what to expect. Because okay, I don't think well, it was that much better. I, I will say here is the main thing that I thought was better about it. Is they just went ahead and went full musical episode. They didn't bother to try and make it seem like the songs were fitting in with real life. I felt like the first time they didn't go all the way in. So my memories from the Carrie episode were that most of the songs we heard were them in rehearsals or on stage or whatever. And there were a lot more songs this time just sort of happening wherever. And I felt like that was a better choice to make. Like just go, you know, I complained about them not going full noir back in the noir episode, but I'm glad that they went full musical this time. I wish they had gone no musical ever. I'm sorry. You know, I'm you so, just I'm hate sorry. happiness and joy. I don't. I love happiness and joy. And I wish this episode had brought me any of those things. The, here's the only good thing I'll we're say about this We're going to have episode. to disagree on this. That's We're allowed to disagree. That's fine. The only thing I liked about this is that they finally brought in some sort of farm element. And so that plot line is now going to move forward. Other than that, yeah, I don't care. All right. We'll get to it. Let's go ahead and go through this chronologically because there's really pretty much just one plot line that happens and the smaller plot lines are like three sentences. So we'll just get to them when they happen. First, starting off, no Jughead voiceover, which there was also no Jughead voiceover in the Carrie episode, I'm pretty sure. Not 100% sure, but but we'll get to that whenever we recap season two. But we just start pretty much right off with a song. The opening is Hermione is at the school and she's mad that the school is doing Heathers. And my response to this is, yes, fair point. This is definitely not a high school appropriate musical. 
It's usually performed at the collegiate or higher level and, uh, or I should say, or older level. And the, while I kind of agree with Kevin's statement that Heather's is about the kids desiring simpler times and, you know, more innocence and things like that, it's still portrayed through, like, a lot of violence and sex and drinking and things like that. Yeah, it takes one hell of a path to get to that conclusion and it should not be there. And I was surprised at Kevin defending it so much when he didn't even want to do it. He wanted whatever the godspell or whatever they were planning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I debate back and forth with whether or not this school should even be allowed to do musicals at all. Like, Someone I kinda... died last time! Yeah, I mean, but they didn't die, like, because of the musical. They died because I actually have no idea why they... Why was Midge yes. killed again? I think because uh, she, like, ma- made out with, um, with, Moose. with Moose in a car. I don't know. Or, like, had oh, done drugs so or something. I don't know. Anyways, oh, yeah, she was it's, I feel like it's right. one of those things where, like... Remember when Jingle Jangle was a thing? Can we go back to those times? No, we can't. We have to be in the time of Fizzle Rocks, okay? Mostly just because they called it JJ, and then they also called Jason Blossom JJ, and I just love that. And by they, I mean only Cheryl. Huh. So it's almost like Jason was a drug to her. I don't want to explore that further. Anyways, I think it's one of those things where, like, something bad happens in a high school, and then people immediately, like, the administration will be like, this will never happen again, and it doesn't really matter what the cause is. We're going to just do whatever is easiest administratively to prevent it. And so I feel like they wouldn't have been allowed to do another musical. Probably. Even if it wasn't the musical's fault. Yeah. Although there were a lot more sketchy things happening with that musical. So much so that I kind of felt on edge this whole episode just expecting something really bad to happen. And it kind of did, kind of didn't. I don't know. We'll get to it. Uh, so yeah, the first song they sing is the song Beautiful, which is the first song in the musical Heathers. And it's kind of your typical like breakdown of here's all the popular kids. Here's the nerdy kids. Oh no, why can't we all just be innocent and stuff? In the play or the musical, it's sung by the character Veronica, which by the way is going to get super confusing to start talking about, but whatever. So the character Veronica, in this version, it's sung by a combination of Evelyn and Kevin. So okay, just like just whatever. We'll just go with that. Uh, Kevin has a great voice though. No, he does. Also, did you happen to notice pretty much the whole episode, Kevin's hair is a lot curlier. Like he got a new haircut somewhere in this. I like episode. it. He might've gotten a perm. I like it too. Um, the I love how they just start dancing down the hall and the principal and the parents like follow them to see what they're doing. So I knew we were just jumping full musical into this. And then there's like a quick transition of Veronica and then Archie and Josie. Veronica's mm-hmm. working and Archie and Josie are, I guess, at getting ready to go to school oh, with their making yes. out. And Veronica puts up a help wanted sign in Pops for a bouncer. Now, the bouncer is not for Pops. And also, I thought that the speakeasy was supposed to be a secret. Yeah, no one knows about it. No Why would Pops need a bouncer? I don't know. Why can't Pop be the bouncer? Like, he need. I mean, I guess he's, he's got plenty of jobs to do. He's not as young as he used to be, okay? No, I guess. And then Jughead sings exactly one line of this song, which is really cute. Okay, so I need to stop down and talk about this really quick. Okay. So I saw Five Feet Apart this past weekend. Okay. Did you, have you seen that? No. Okay. Are you familiar? I'm familiar with, with the, the concept and I probably will go see it because I'm a, a sucker for sick kid movies. Okay. I, I, my overall non-spoiler review was it was cute. It was good. Worth watching. Especially if you like Cole Sprouse. So, I mean, like. And I do. It's, it's not like a groundbreaking movie. The preview made means, me but cry. So, I'm going to yeah. watch oh, it. Yeah. It was it was cute. I liked it. Um, But the main thing that I took away was, because I watched that before I saw this episode. And so, when I watched that, there's like a tiny little part where, ju- uh, not Jughead, but where Cole Sprouse sings. Not really. Like, he's not really singing a song, but he kind of like chants something real quick. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I noticed, oh my gosh, Cole Sprouse has a beautiful voice. Let's see how he's going to sound. I bet he's going to actually sing in the Heather's episode because he was the only character to not sing in the Carrie episode, and I assumed that was because Cole Sprouse didn't want to, mm-hmm. uh, not just the character. So Jughead and Betty are sitting in Betty's room, and I was very confused if she had moved out or what. Throughout this whole episode, it seems like no, she she moved in with the Joneses, and I, she just I has think her they, own room. She just left her stuff there, I guess. I don't know. I don't know because later, I mean, later on in the end of the episode, she's still there with them. So I don't know if she's like officially living there. We are. We had like one. 
one episode of actually talking about some of the things we wanted to talk about, like, you know, phallus and stuff. And then we are immediately back to them not just leaving gaps in the whole plot. So, okay. Yeah, that's annoying. But, okay, but so he was singing there, but like, and the voice that we heard was good, but it didn't seem like it was really him singing. Like the lip syncing along to it seemed super obvious. And I was like, did they get someone else to sing for him? That's the impression I got. I don't think so because I had that feeling about all of the singing in this entire episode felt a little bit off to me. I think part of it is sort of the, just the way they mixed the episode. You could hear the movements of like people's feet and the, and the background noises of the shot, but the singing itself was so obviously dubbed in afterward, which like that's how they do it in musicals, but it just didn't seem connected to them. So I think it was probably just a little bit difficult to sing exactly the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. on stage. I just assumed it wasn't really him singing, but okay. We could do some research on that later. It it truly doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, And then there's a quick little shot of being in full classroom. And this is when the singing is in voiceover, which is Mm -hmm. kind of weird. It's just their Uh, thoughts, their inner thoughts. Being their thoughts. But the crazy part is the parents are still watching, like Hermione and the other people are still watching the scene. So all they're seeing are just like kids moving their arms around but not actually singing because the song is in voiceover. Anyway, uh, Reggie's thoughts. Why do I act like such a creep? That was a good one. Appreciated that. You know I feel, Archie's. I feel like Reggie does not act like a creep that much anymore. Like no. he used to. Yeah, he but used to. But he's not to. anymore. And, and now and Reggie like, rocks. Stop, stop trying to demote Reggie to old Reggie. New Reggie is here to stay. Yes. Uh, Archie, why won't she date me? That just sums up Archie like 100% the entire show. So good enough. Sweet Pea and Fangs, both simultaneously. Why did I hit him? Which I think is just funny. Uh, I guess they're just like the, the big lugs that or, yeah, you know, beating people up. Um, and then Veronica and Bughead, of course, aren't there because I think they're just not at school. I guess Veronica just works at Pops. Okay. And then, yep. you know. These kids don't go to school. They don't care about graduating. They don't care about college. It's fine. No. Somehow Archie and Josie managed to teleport into this scene, but not the other ones. So that's okay. Uh, Kevin introduces Evelyn as his co-director to everyone, and Betty's really mad about this. Like, you know, he deserves some some help. It's just it's just funny. Just because it's Evelyn. Yeah, but it was like it just comes across so weird because she doesn't say like, "Hey, we don't. I don't like Evelyn." She said like, "Oh, Kevin, but don't you want to do it alone?" alone last time and someone died betty someone yeah. died okay uh yeah she's acting like a brat and it's like if you want to stop evelyn and the farm like you have to do it differently yep josie is gonna be veronica sort of break down the cast here sweet bee is the character jd who is josie's love interest which is basically why josie got the part of veronica i mean like mm-hmm. i know she's probably arguably one of the best singers and so that makes sense but we'll get to it but i get kind of annoyed with the fact that she doesn't really act actually get to sing any of the Veronica songs in She the doesn't episode. really get to sing that much at all in the episode. Yeah. Like she's super underutilized because they use uh Tony so much. Yeah. So it's eh, I mean, this is what happens when you have more characters, but I was kind of hoping that for the musical episode she could sing a little more. Whatever. No, she gets to sing every other episode, so she doesn't have to now. Yeah. Reggie is Jock Ram Sweeney, which is pretty spot on, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm single. We're single straight dudes." doing theater didn't need to it was so that. horrible that was the worst one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life yeah, you know just was, two uh, single dudes uh straight dudes doing theater like yeah there's tons of straight people who do theater you yeah. don't have to announce it it was a little uncomfy and it was kind of i don't know I, I thought it was pretty funny that, that they did not bother to make even to pretend that archie was playing a main character this time around so that was kind of funny he was just like there as another jock so that was cool yes cheryl obviously is heather chandler betty like we mentioned last time Heather Duke and Veronica Heather McNamara now if you skipped our little Heather's discussion last episode I talked a little bit about how I thought that it was interesting that they cast Betty as Heather Duke and Veronica as Heather McNamara if you know the show at all uh it's the the characters just based on like the way the parts are usually played their looks really fit the opposite character more but I kind of liked the way they did it this time around partially just for there's a particular song that works better that way and also because Veronica I think 
I think she already had that yellow outfit. Like, I could have sworn we've seen her wear yeah, some I, of those outfits I, I think before. we've seen that, like, clueless moment before from her. Yeah, so that might be why, but it was a cool, it was a cool little little mix-up anyway, so I enjoyed that. And then, yeah, Tony is the choreographer who, like, the show presents it as if uh, Tony is known for being a great dancer or something, which I don't think we've seen at no, all. we have not seen that. It doesn't make any sense. And then Cheryl, of course, has a big, like, hissy fit, which, like, I, I get, because I feel like, why would Tony take this position if she's not doing it specifically to mess with Cheryl? But, like, get over it. Who cares? Well, also, Cheryl comes in as the choreographer with, like, a posse of the Pretty Poisons girls, and it just still makes me think about, like, Cheryl got this group together. Do they have just absolutely zero loyalty to her at all? I mean, I guess so. I I guess Cheryl must have been just really, really kicked out. Yeah, she's just not in the group at all anymore. So kind of sad she's been kicked out of every gang now. Oh well, well maybe she, she was can never go join the original the... member of any of them. Yeah. yeah. So so then Evelyn is giving a pep talk, uh, like speech thing about how they're going to be examining their traumas in this play, and it, it definitely had a very like hypnotic kind of feel to it, trying to get these people probably to join the farm. And Betty's clearly on to her, but Betty is just like so transparent in the way that she constantly is confronted. Evelyn. Uh, but before we get to that, of course, we have to sing Candy Store because that's the second song in the musical. It's like I mentioned last time, it's my favorite song and it was just okay. Here. Yeah, I feel like they would have been better served just literally letting the Heathers sing it instead of doing the weird like Cheryl, Tony, choreo battle of like do mine or do mine. You know what I mean? Like it would have been better if they just sang it. Why'd they have to do it like that? Yeah, so the reason they did is because typically Heather Duke sings at the very end, tries to sort of steal the limelight and sing the last chorus of the song. And Heather Chandler gets upset with her and pushes her down and sort of continues her solo. And this in this show, they swap out that scene for Cheryl doing it, with, you know, doing that mm-hmm. like sing battle with Tony, which like was a cool moment, except, okay, maybe this No, is- it wasn't a cool moment. It was so bad. Well, it was, it was, I'm saying it's cool just in the fact that it fits in with like the musical of Heathers. But the part that annoyed me is just... I like Tony's dancing, but it really doesn't fit into this song or this show. Mm-hmm. The dancing was definitely a lot more sort of hip hop and suggestive than the sh- song normally is much more sort of cheerleader-ish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Cheryl's choreo yeah. made so much more sense with the croquet mallets and like being yeah. more kind of like show tune kind right. of thing. And, and I'm all for mixing it up. And actually what was cool is both of these were different different than the typical choreography that you see in this song from like the Broadway version. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they at least mixed up the choreography to begin with because I don't need to watch the characters in Riverdale doing the exact same thing that mm-hmm. everyone can find on YouTube. Um, so overall it was cool. Now here is my issue with the song for the most part because like that part I was fine with. Both Cheryl and Tony don't really have the like powerful Heather Chandler like alto voice that is typically used here mm-hmm. but like they both sounded they both sounded fine. Like I I, I in general don't have an issue with the singing like the singing is fine these people are not professional singers I don't care if they auto-tune it I'm you know as long as it's sort of pleasant to listen to that's fine I'm kind of amazed that they managed to get a cast of people who can all sing you mm-hmm. know at all so yeah. so that's fine uh but it's just definitely not as powerful if you had never seen Heather- Heather's before please go look up the original Broadway version of this song it's really really good uh but my issue is with the lyrics and this is pretty much I tried to look at some of the other songs they might have changed some of the lyrics in some of the other songs as well but this one they really really changed the lyrics and kind of for no reason so like the lyrics are tame in some areas but then not in others so for example they keep the lyric um scaring her screwing him mm-hmm. keep that one that one's fine but then they get rid of when you say if you lack the balls you can go play dolls don't know like why you needed to get rid of that one and switch it with I don't know what, what line they switch it with but they they switch it with a different line and it's like this is a tv show that typically shows teen drug use underage drinking and lots of gratuitous sex and mm-hmm. yet we can't say 
lack the balls. I don't I don't know why they needed to change that. They also changed the line, you could come smoke, pound some rum and coke in my Porsche with the quarterback. Not sure why they need to change that considering they have, as I said, drug use and underage drinking in the show Riverdale. Um, and instead they change it to come hang out with me and tonight we'll be dirty dancing with the football team. So like, you know, they're, I guess, trying to keep it close, but it felt very kids bop. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, I don't know the songs as well to really notice that, but yeah, it was, it was just not great. I do like the fact that Tony's typical clothing is very Heather style. Like Tony does wear the plaid skirts and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of cool just to see her on stage with the other, with the other girls pulling off that look. The clothing, I think overall in this episode was pretty good. Oh yeah, I would say the costuming was great. So then there's like a quick little interlude because there are some subplots going on in this episode. Mm -hmm. The two main subplots are Jughead is sad about losing his old home and Veronica has parent issues. So Jughead talks with FP and like apparently his trailer is missing. It's stolen. Yeah, so I guess I had always like kind of thought of the trailer as being like a double wide, which is not exactly a mobile home. Yeah. Uh, like a it, it's a trailer, but it's like a house. I guess it was always like a motorhome, so it could be or a tra- like a trailer like that you would camp in that could be taken away. Um, yeah, because you can't move a double wide that easily. No, you can't. Like you would have to like they have a foundation. Like they're not. Yeah, you, I mean you can move it, but you usually have to move it in multiple pieces and take everything out of it. Yeah, like it's not it's not easy to do. So apparently it's like a literal like camping trailer is where it has been this whole time, which like news to me. I, I guess it makes sense with it being like a trailer park but I've also seen trailer parks with, that are double wide so I don't know but it's gone the trailer is just gone and Jughead is so upset about it and it's like Jughead you had to sleep on the couch it, like and also you didn't live there that much like I don't really no, understand I mean, the nostalgia there yeah there's there's a lot of unanswered questions here like did they officially move out then because that hadn't really been stated last time but I guess they did also Tent City was ransacked so I get that the Joneses might have moved out but where is everyone else like that trailer was kind of the foundation keeping the the serpents together in tent city which okay i don't understand that either like what you can't ransack a, a trailer you can ransack whatever like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and i i just don't know like where are they and where are their parents and why has this not been explained to us in like over a season i don't know i'm, I'm really frustrated with the serpents situation i don't know where the serpents are living anymore i mean we all knew that tent city was behind fred andrew's house so i don't know how it was ransacked in the first place but yeah I thought Fred Andrews would have had a nice fence (laughs) yeah I thought so too also I thought like okay this is clearly either Gladys's doing or potentially Hiram's I don't know I I think there's gonna be more to this story than just straight up like yeah the mom stole the trailer I don't know we'll find out and then Veronica talks with Hiram and Hermione and Hiram's just like hey we're separating like doesn't even sit her down they didn't even like take her to a nice dinner like even to a mall food court or like in a vehicle I guess like you can't just tell someone like let them sit down start it with a hug do something but instead just drops the bomb and like Veronica doesn't buy it at first and and this is one like I there's a couple things that I kind of don't remember does Veronica know about their respective affairs I mean she knows about um when Hermione was like hooking up with Fred in season one but she definitely doesn't know about like Sheriff Mineta and then I don't think she knows about Hiram's uh, mistress with the water inspection people but like I I think she just was of the impression that it was like it doesn't matter how dysfunctional the relationship is like her parents will stay together and that's just that so it's just weird it's weird because like people know about this Jughead Betty I think possibly even Archie know about these affairs but I guess just decided not to tell her which I can understand but also uh, like she's I don't know she might find out at some point I guess they were just trying to protect her but I don't know if that worked yeah so uh Hiram says that he's going to be staying at the five seasons indefinitely which just if anyone here is a revenge fan this is exactly like in revenge when two people separate and one of them goes to live in the South Fork Inn nearby and is just there for several episodes so it's kind of funny that they it's like they need them to separate but remain close and so oh good thing there's a fancy hotel around uh, but, of course yeah, yeah Hiram 
doesn't even like hug her or kiss her goodbye. It's just really sad. And I, I just still can't figure out like why does she care about her dad again? Because he's her dad. <laughs> like Betty's dad. She didn't care about him. I mean, I feel like she does though. Well, like I feel like the time of the musical is probably a good time to not care about him. <laughs> Yeah, be busy. There's a cast party. You can't possibly care about your parents right now. Eh, yeah. Uh, it's also pretty funny because Hiram walks out just being like, your mom stole my drugs. That's why we're getting, we're separating. She No, she, he doesn't even say that. He says, ask your mother. And then she asks Hermione. Hermione's like, yeah, he knows I sold the drugs out from under him. And it's like- But like, that's such a ridiculous reason for them to get a divorce. And then she has like later on her fancy brunch with Hiram. And Hiram's like, no, I know your mom tried to have me killed and I think you knew about it too and there's no trust so there's no family and it's like I don't care about their family drama because they haven't shown us enough of like it it building up to this yeah I I don't care about their family drama I don't know why after all that Hiram's done to Archie and to like Veronica knows Hiram has been trying to kill Archie she knows that her mom has tried to kill Hiram that Hiram is a bad dude that her mom is trying to sell drugs to people and stuff like just get get away like she had the right idea by emancipating herself i think it's just time to did she actually emancipate herself i don't even i don't think she legally did but i think I she talked to lawyer mccoy about it it's possible i forget all the kids are just they're all running wild kids. it's <laughs> yeah. fine okay it's fine earlier right after the first or right after the candy store song betty had confronted evelyn about how she thought the whole reason evelyn was working on this was to do more farm c- recruitment evelyn denies it okay a couple things first off Where's Ethel? There was a perfect role for her in Heathers, and I'm not sure why she's not here, because she could have played that role. Uh, I guess she's just not on the show before. Is she on Stranger Things? Like, is there another season of that? Is she dead still? I have no clue. I mean, she's dead in Stranger Things. Okay. But is she maybe in, like, a home or something? I don't know. I I mean, she, like, the last time we saw her was when they broke out of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, so I have no clue what what Ethel's doing anymore. Honestly, it's better without her. Yeah. Uh, Betty needs to stop though just like confronting people and being like i'm on to you like try a different tactic for once maybe try actually just being on to them and then once you have enough to bury them use it so Evelyn says, I'm just here because it's like big fun, which is the title of the episode. So throw that up. Hashtag title of the episode. And so she says that they're going to have a party at the old sisters of quiet mercy. And Archie's just in the background like, woohoo. What? Archie? I mean, I guess he's never been to the sisters of quiet mercy. He's like the only character who hasn't. But like these people should not be just like down to do that. If I was, if I was any of them, if I was Cheryl, especially who was mm-hmm. actually there, Betty, like if I were them, I would not ever want to go back to that place. Yeah, it's kind of like just totally surreal to see a scene of everyone just partying in the dungeon. Yeah, because it's not even like they're in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, like that big room where all the kids were playing Griffin's yeah. the Gargoyles or whatever. They're in like the, the gargoyle, gargoyle room. Like chamber. it's creepy. Yeah. It's so creepy. So of course, Veronica has to be upset before she goes to literally any party in this show ever. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single party that has ever happened where she has not walked into it being like, I want to get drunk because I'm upset. So Evelyn gives everyone blue shots, which reminded me of a couple things. First off, mm-hmm. this is very gargoyly to be drinking blue stuff. I would not drink anything blue in this show ever if I was one I of mean, these people. But it's a jello shot. Do you really like, is it drinking? or is it eating? I still think you shouldn't. I just, if someone offers me a jello shot, I'm taking it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but don't you think it's a little bit like of another connection between the farm and the I, Griffins and Gargoyles? I definitely think it it was intended that way. But yeah. I still would take any jello shot offered to me. I'm, I can't okay. help it. I love jello shots. There's also a plot point in the sh- in the musical Heathers where one character poisons another character with a drink. So... Yes, kind of which is that as alluded well. to in later in the episode as well. Yes. So why is Evelyn okay with like partying and drinking? I guess like we don't really know a whole lot about the farm's beliefs, but like you would think that that would be, I don't know. I just, I picture her as being a little bit more sheltered, I guess, or, yeah, so or just against that kind of thing. What I got from this whole episode, even before the end, is like Evelyn obviously has ulterior motives and I would assume that she's just kind of go along with everyone else's ideas to get in with them so that she can then convert them to the farm later. Yeah. So like we said, this cast party is taking place in the baptism room and not only is it in the baptism room the tub is still there yeah it made me uncomfortable 
It did. And then they break out into the song Big Fun because like Evelyn said, she's all about big fun. If You know what? If I was going to say that Evelyn is about anything, I would say big fun. This actually brings me to a question that we received on Twitter this week from Amy Hoyson, who said that she was looking forward to our Heather's recap, but she wanted us to address how weird it was that two people had to awkwardly sit in the tub during the Big Fun musical number and like wave their arms, which I definitely noticed. Did you notice that in the background? I did not notice it because this scene was truly so surreal. I was like, I literally spent this scene taking a Snapchat of me going, what am I watching? And I sent it to Bryce and he was like, oh no, what episode's that? Because he's a few episodes behind. And I was like, oh, you thought they wouldn't do another musical? Well, you <laughs> thought wrong. Yeah, it was like, I, everyone's in costume singing and dancing, yeah. which is weird enough. Why are they coming in costume to a cast party that's not a rap party? And even the rap party why would they come in costume like like I went to um like a dinner theater thing here a couple of weeks ago with um my work because it was for a conference and everyone was out of costume at the end so that you could then go meet them and see what they really look like not in 1950s happy days clothes I would have preferred to see them in the 1950s happy days the whole reason to do this was so that they could sing the song and that we could still be in Heather's mood except for the fact this song yet again all of the Josie parts just get given to Veronica So we have Veronica, who is singing the part of Veronica, but who does not play Veronica and is dressed up like Heather McNamara. So it's incredibly confusing. I think they were banking on Riverdale fans not being old enough to have seen the movie Heathers or the musical Heathers. Um, I I think that they were like, it doesn't really matter who does what because they won't know any better. And you know what? I don't know better, but I have seen the movie, okay? So how dare you, CW? The the whole, don't bother casting them if you're not going to have them sing their part. And like, to be fair, I don't know anything about Carrie. So they could have easily have done that during the Carrie episode. And I just wasn't aware of it. But you well. know what? If they're gonna like do this, don't bother casting anyone. Just have the episode be Heather themed. And they're singing Heather's songs and they're acting as Heather's characters. And they could even be in the costumes. But don't frame it like you're doing a musical and people are in character if you're not going to go by it. Like they could, the episode would have been better served if it had just been like Heather themed singing the Heather's songs. And they it was never addressed. It would have been like 10 times better. I Yeah, it would have been. Would have been. But psh, whatever. Reggie's singing. It's kind of cute. Reggie and Veronica make out and uh, Archie and Josie are making out. And Sweet Pea is like, oh my gosh, he's he's upset. Poor Sweet Pea. I, just, like, I feel so bad for Sweet Pea. He deserves so much more than what he gets. He really does. And him and Josie are cute. Like he's so big and she's so little. Ugh. I kind of hope that they get together. They are my actually, at some OTP. Point. They're so adorable. What would their name be? Joe P? Sweet Joe? Sweetie? 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 I like Sweetie. Sweetie is good. Oh. Well, anyways, uh, I stan Sweetie. Sweetie. So Reggie and Veronica, they they hook up and mm-hmm. Reggie's like, maybe we're endgame. And Veronica is like, Lola, I was already endgame with Archie. She doesn't say that, but she's totally thinking that. Uh, which is just so annoying because Reggie and Veronica is so much cuter than Veronica and Archie or Archie and anyone. It- I ship Veggie way more than Archie. I don't ship either of those names, but I do like veggies. I had a salad for dinner, so. And this this whole scene is just so disjointed because I guess they left the party, but then we go back to the party. So the party's still happening, but I guess they pieced out, so okay. And uh, Evelyn gives Kevin a shroom brownie and is like, oh, it's transformative. And also maple mushrooms. Like, thank you for continuing this nonsense about how Riverdale has maple stuff happening, maple syrup stuff. But like, why would you ever eat a brownie that has mushrooms in it like I guess it was implied that like Kevin didn't know it was like drug brownie I, I no know, she made it used. pretty clear it was gonna well, be well she I made thought. it clear to the audience sure but I don't know what if Kevin well, was supposed to have realized that or not I don't know but either way like mushrooms wouldn't taste good in a brownie I wouldn't think like the thing is is like I understand a pot brownie even though though you have to be really really careful or else it's just gonna taste gross anyways but like I've never personally done mushrooms but everyone I know who has it's like you just scramble to eat them as fast as you can because they don't taste tastes good and you just want to like get the eating part over with you don't want to prolong it by putting it in more food I don't know I'm not a drug expert if anyone wants to DM me and explain drugs to me that's cool I do not condone <laughs> drug usage on this podcast well if you're in or ca- in real life well, actually if you're in Canada marijuana is legal so if you're of age let your freak flag fly with marijuana and not other drugs stay legal say stay safe 
as I always say, <laughs> stay legal, stay safe. <laughs> stay um. Okay. Anyway. Uh. So Kevin hallucinates and sees a dead midge on the wall that says it's all your fault and it's creepy and irrelevant, basically. Yeah. It's anyways that happened. So so Evelyn's all farmy again and she's like, we're gonna share some secrets now, and it's just like insanely culty. Like there's a fine line because I think there's a couple little jokes here about like theater being culty to begin with, which I've been in musical theater multiple times and it's, you know, much like anything else, it's got its quirks and its traditions and all that. Some from the outside probably seem a little bit silly, but like there's no, there's nothing. She doesn't ever say like, oh, this will help us get into our characters. No, she's just like, here's a fun exercise. We're going to share secrets. It has nothing to do with the show. She's like, we'll play our parts because it will help clarify our real lives. And it's like, that's not why anybody is here. It is a high school musical. It is not. It's not that serious. It's not like the high school musical. I can't wait for season four when they do high school musical for the high school musical. I can't wait to quit this podcast when that happens. <laughs> We're running out of horror musicals. Are they going to do Sweeney Todd next? I I love Sweeney Todd. So Me too. That's actually a quality pick. I'd be here for that. <laughs> yeah. So also in this scene, why is Jughead there? He's just sitting behind Betty like eating chips. I'm like, okay, you're not part of the musical, are you? Boyfriend. No, but they don't even bother giving him like a role like he had last time of like filming it. He's just, he's just there. So, okay. I At least, you know, that's a thing. Kevin just comes out and he's like, yeah, I've been haunted by Midge's ghost, which was definitely planned for by Evelyn. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, how Evelyn would know that Kevin would see that, I'm not sure. Maybe it was like a mannequin or something that she put there to make him think uh, he was hallucinating. Hey, that's a little excessive, but possible. I mean, anything is possible in the farm. Yeah. And, and so Fangs comes out and is like, yeah, I, uh, I, I also have been haunted by Midge. I'm pretty sure that he's just lying because wasn't it a plot line back when they did the last musical episode that like Fangs was into Kevin? I'm pretty sure that was if a thing. If you think I remember anything from the last musical, I can't help you. <laughs> I think Fangs is into Kevin and I, I like don't have any kind of concrete proof for that but that, I'm okay with when it. We, when we get back to season two I think that's a thing. I think he was just lying and just said that. That's fine. Uh, Sweet Pea is upset with Archie and Josie and I was like confused because I didn't realize their relationship was a secret but then Betty seems like super thrilled to find out this information. It's all really weird. Yeah I think they had just been hooking up and so they hadn't really like been in public in a romantic type way but I just felt so bad. Sweet Pea's so sad and then Betty's like oh my god are you guys together? I'm like shut up Betty. How dare you? Yeah, Betty needs to read the room, but I I also have like zero reason to understand why Betty is so thrilled by this. So I couldn't it's kind of weird. And uh, Reggie's upset because he he thinks Veronica just hooked up with him because she knew about Archie and Josie, which to be fair she didn't. So like that was good fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Veronica tells him that she found out found out her parents were separating. So this whole scene was basically just like Evelyn stirring the pot, trying to make people mad at each other, but it didn't actually really work that much. I mean, I guess Sweet Pea is still upset, but like everyone else is kind of. Sweet Pea was already upset, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Archie and Josie talk, and she thinks that they are just two lonely souls who got together based on circumstance, and he's kind of upset about that. Uh, he's like, you think then, we're just two lonely souls? And she's like, uh, yeah. Which, like, they kind of are. I mean, like, yeah, they might have had more feelings grow because of that, but that's definitely how their relationship started, so. Yeah, exactly. Veronica and Reggie talk, and I don't know why they're sitting, like, two seats apart in the theater while having this happen. They could just sit next to each other, but that's okay. Mostly just because they're in the center of an aisle of seats and like it's really difficult to get past those chairs so they should have at least sat on the edge not sure why that was happening but i guess they wanted to stage it that way and veronica admits that she wanted to be together with him because she was sad and wanted to distract herself so at least she's just kind of coming out and saying that and uh i think he's a little bit upset by that but you know deal with it at least she's being honest um and then evelyn tries to stir up more trouble with cheryl and tony yeah by like this one's the most blatant like oh cheryl i think you might want to see this and tony is wearing red so and she has to move in this town cheryl invented red 
shut like shut up we've seen other people wear red in the show it's not like she's the only one we ever see in red and you know what tony looks damn good in red holy crap she does i still have issues with what these kids are wearing to school but like we've talked about that before dress codes don't exist in riverdale (sighs) yeah i mean i i personally was probably not allowed to wear a crop top and leather pants but tony rocks it so i'm okay with it. yeah but tony doesn't have parents so who's gonna tell her she can't wear it get uh nana rose i don't know nana rose Um, can't so yeah so she's got to move and tony looks like upset about this but like cheryl has no power actually to force you to move girlfriend so let's stop uh then tony sings dead girl walking which of course is another veronica song so uh josie doesn't get to sing it because josie doesn't get to sing any of the veronica songs she grabs the whoever her side girl is in that scene yeah. and also grab sweet pea and then they walk to the stage and they're they start gonna have dressing. a dressing cool yeah except for like okay here's the best part so sweet pea is just like tony peaches and at first i was confused i thought he was calling her peaches and then i realized no 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 side chick's name is peaches we have finally figured out the name of this oh, wait. this girl so who's just been in all these scenes so sweet pea needs to be with peaches so they could be sweet peaches okay not only that i did some research on peaches because oh, i was confused okay. So this is what I found on the wikia. First off, her name is not just Peaches. Her name is Peaches and Cream. Oh no, Sweet Peaches and Cream? <laughs> ah! That is the best couple name ever. It's the best name ever. So what I found out about Peaches is Peaches and Cream comes from a working class home. Her mother owns a pawn shop that was robbed by the Southside Serpents at some point, leading to Peaches's current disdain towards the serpents. This is some great character development and background that we have never been given on the show. It would be nice to have known her name before this. I just love it. I just love that whole scene. So that was great. Um, It's weird because Cheryl is also there and then they shine a little spotlight on Cheryl and she starts singing to Tony and Tony's like, oh, I can't yeah. do this. Um, so, okay. Then that that's the end of that scene and it's it's fine. Uh, I don't know why we can have this like super really high sexy tension scene, but we can't sing the real words to Candy Store. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like they were going to fully have a threesome in the auditorium. Like that was going to happen. But apparently we can't say if you don't have the balls, go play with dolls. And also like Peaches and Sweet Pea were totally down for this. I just loved watching how like happy and giddy they were. So that was a fun moment. Sweet Pea is thirsty, okay? I've always said that. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying this newfound look we- that we have at some of these characters. Also, though, why, like, are Archie and Reggie the only ones in the show allowed to be actually shirtless? Because Jughead and uh, Sweet Pea both have only been wearing, like, tank tops. Same with Kevin and Moose. If you don't have a six pack, you can't be fully shirtless. <laughs> That's the rules. Jughead's shirtless and five feet apart. Well, and how was that for you? A little scrawny. Yeah, exactly. But- That's why he's in a tank top. <laughs> But I think that was more his character. Anyway. So Jughead is back on his side plot talking with the serpents and telling them to find the trailer because as we know, serpents just do whatever the Jones family drama is currently. Uh, and Sweet Pea, <laughs> sorry, Jughead tells the serpents, he's like, yeah, Sweet Pea and Fangs are on musical detail, so they can't be here. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. They're not on a mission. They're just in the theater, like in the production. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's just very bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Uh, Betty's there. So, like, Betty is actually at a serpent thing for once. That's kind of cool. I didn't notice if she was wearing, a like, a serpent jacket, but she definitely had some sort of black jacket on. So, it uh, was, she was there. It was nice to see. It was nice to see that this is the first time since, I think, episode one or two that Betty has been involved with the serpents in, like, an actual serpent conversation. Um, Betty wants to spy on Evelyn, so she asks Jughead for his camera. Don't know why she can't just use her phone. Yeah. Pretty sure they all have smartphones but that's okay who could uh so because evelyn has host is hosting a closed rehearsal for select members in the gargoyle chamber yeah it's okay cool um so what was this is this a scene from heather's the musical like i didn't recognize it yeah i did very minimal amounts of research on this scene but yeah there is a song called our love is god and from what i can tell i'm going to butcher this information but basically there is a scene where veronica the character in heather and uh, one of the guys are like luring other guys to a graveyard or something and they're singing this song and they're like going to protect 
pretend to have a threesome, but then they're actually going to shoot the guys with tranquilizer bullets to knock them out and then pretend that those guys committed suicide. But actually the guy who is singing the song shoots them with real bullets and then is singing to Veronica about how much he loves her. And really Veronica is like, whoa, you just like murdered people. That's what I got. But like, I could be wrong. Huh. That's a lot. seems like a weird play. That's like, like, because the movie Heathers is weird enough, but the movie seems... I'm sorry, the movie's weird enough, but the musical seems cuckoo bananas. Yeah, feel free to tweet me about how wrong I was in that analysis because that's like what I gained from really quickly reading a tiny bit because I was also like, hey, is this in the musical? I was like, this doesn't make any sense, but oh, okay, I guess uh, the love interest in Heathers really does like push the murder um, way past what Veronica's okay with, so it adds up. Yeah, so Kevin and Fangs are doing some sort of weird wedding looking ritual. My main critique with the scene is why in the world are all these people wearing like white 3d glasses sitting on the sidelines that was weird and I, creepy. everything about it was weird and creepy and i wish i could give you answers but i i can't it reminded me of the music video for total eclipse of the heart yes it reminded me of the <laughs> music video for total eclipse of the heart there is a scene where a bunch of people come in with and eh, they might have glowing eyes but i feel like someone has glasses so maybe that's where i'm getting this like weird white glowing eye glasses combo anyway it's a weird scene betty goes to the principal and shows him the pictures that she took of this ritual and he's just like oh it looks like they're just rehearsing i see nothing wrong with this picture it was very like west world like nothing yeah. seems weird to me it's like it doesn't look like anything to me uh yeah. but then he's also like also i've been reading the farms uh i don't know their holy book or whatever and he's like you know what i kind of like that edgar evernever's ideas <laughs> their doctrine their doctrine thank you yeah. yeah he's like he's like i find him really appealing and uh so yeah he's a farming now biatch so yeah i guess that. everyone is a farmie now yeah archie is practicing his punchaholism and he, and josie comes in and she's like clearly about to like break up with him and he's like no no no, let's have mm-hmm. the clean slate and oh my gosh josie gets to sing a song wow look at that wow can't believe it i mean it's like 60 percent archie but they sing <sighs> the song fight for me why do they keep letting archie sing uh don't know um because his character was supposed to sing i mean like this is the thing like considering archie is supposed to be the singer of the group I find most of the other male voices to be a little bit more appealing. Maybe it's just that he's got like that sort of high breathy, like poppy kind of sound. And I'm not like super into that, but it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate Archie. Yeah, he's just a little bland. So they dance in the boxing ring and it's cute. And we have the Tony Cheryl subplot. Tony comes in giving her tea. And this is, I think, what you're referring to about. Yes. Yeah. So this is, I think, supposed to be the allusion to the musical Heathers where someone poisons someone with a I don't think it's supposed to be tea in that is she it? I think she brings her up a hot tea and then it has like drain cleaner in it because her boyfriend put it in yeah so that happens and uh but it's actually just tea and she says she wants to give her an olive branch and maybe there's still like hope for them and then Cheryl mentions Jason for the first time in like two seasons so that was kind of like uh, hey remember how this show started I mean Cheryl does have a point like she talks about how love in her family was all or nothing Mm -hmm. it's either like you know disdain for each other or it's adoration and I think what she meant by that is like both that her and JJ were really close but also that her parents seemed to care for Jason much more than her and she she did have a hard life so you kind of you kind of have to give her a pass sometimes when she's a little bit extra yeah I think everyone needs to give Heather more passes because she's had a hard time okay it's just like let's be nicer to Heather okay and I'm reserving judgment but like let's just go ahead and do a prediction here do you think this was legitimate from Tony? Do you think we just quickly fixed this Cheryl Tony issue within one episode? Or do you think there's going to turn out that next episode, you know, Tony was faking wanting to get back together with Cheryl for some reason? I really hope it's just over with and they're back together because I like them together and I don't like them fighting. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was, I think it was probably legitimate. So Jughead's trailer has already been turned into a drug operation. He's super sad mm-hmm. uh, it, because it was his childhood home. I think it's a little weird that they moved moved out of the trailer but didn't take any of their stuff with them all the like furniture and dishes yeah and, and stuff so is still there. like my thing is did the trailer get stolen or did gladys move it to make it a drug operation i 
think, and it wasn't answered in this episode, but I think Hiram is using the trailer. I think he somehow stole it. Like, I think it's going to oh. be, I don't think it's going to be Gladys. I think that's too easy. Then again, it's Riverdale, so who knows? They could have gone with the easy option. And yeah. then Jughead and Betty sing a song. They sing the song 17. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. I, I like teared up at the beginning for no reason. Oh, I mean, okay. I think that's more about Jughead and Betty than about the song. It, probably, but it was, it was cute. The song is about them longing for what they've lost, which is their teen innocence. So it, 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 it fit into the plot. I thought it was cute. And uh, I think if that is Cole legitimately singing, then he's he's pretty good. Yeah, if that is him, he is pretty good. Better than I would have thought. But like, I still, it just seems off. Like, it doesn't feel like it's really him. I think it's probably edited. Like, I think it's still him singing, but I could totally believe that they smoothed it out a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely think there was maybe a little bit more auto-tune on that than uh, than what everyone else maybe got. Also, are they 17 now, I guess? I guess they're around that age, potentially, if it's the end of the school year. I mean, who knows how old they are? I truly have no idea. I thought that they were 16. 17 makes sense. So, fun fact, I was listening to another day, another another Riverdale podcast, and they were having the exact same confusion we were having about, they constantly were just kept, kept asking if it was uh, Halloween yet, because <laughs> we yeah. never got that. So, I, I think... I think we're canon, past Halloween. Yeah, I think the canon for the show is just because the last episode was talking about spring break. I think it's caught up with where we are in real life now. I think that they are somewhere in the spring semester of school. I mean, that's when you do the musical, so it makes sense. It just would have been nice to have gotten a Halloween op- episode or like another holiday episode or something. Like Thanksgiving. I don't know. Like just something. But no, of course we didn't get that. Yeah, I think it's because we took breaks from the show during all of those holidays. So maybe next year they'll do better. We'll see. So there is a pre-show talk at Pops with Jughead and Betty and Jughead's like, I want to steal the trailer back. And Betty says, pretty sure that's just an emotional plan. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's like think about that. So I loved that. Rational. I loved Betty being good. like, are you sure? Or is that just an emotional response? Yeah. Veronica and Hiram talk. This is what you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And he is talking about how he found out Hermione and him tried to kill him twice. So twice? When was the first time I, they tried to kill him? I don't know. And also like, why do you have to attack his boiled egg like that? Like he literally just like smushed it like that's not how you do it yeah there was not a gentle tap it was like i'm gonna take this tiny little hammer and smash it so um veronica is upset so she gets to sing a song uh she sings and this is why i think they really cast her as heather mcnamara because they wanted her to sing this song i think so sings the song lifeboat and it's pretty good um and uh she gives her parents tickets to the show and asks them to come together for one more happy memory which like how is that going to be happy like they don't like each other they don't want to be together so you're gonna force them to sit next to each other in an auditorium like that doesn't make it happy like you're just pretending I don't think that she's trying I don't think she's trying to like get them back together I think that she just wants them to be there for her and didn't want to pick one or the other and is still trying to have some semblance of a relationship with both of them I really just I don't know I liked when she said she wasn't trying to parent trap them I don't know let's hope not so then it's it's right before the play. FP comes home and he's got all these scratches on his face and he says that some tweaked out fizzle head was playing G&G in the middle of the road. I thought, I don't know if this is going to be a bigger thing or if this is more just like making Jughead angry about the fact that his mother is the one who's contributing to this problem. And that's what I got from it. I don't think it was meant yeah. to be like a recurring thing. Um, but like, man, FP was messed up from that guy. He got scratched. Yeah. So did he like, did he have to swerve the car because he was going to hit the kid or I did think he get he... out of the car and like try to talk to the kid and the kid like scratched him yeah so I think he I think he got out of his car to be like why are you in the road and like maybe you should get to safety and then he got mauled that's probably what happened it's kind of funny how back at the beginning of this season Alice and FP and the other parents were so against even mentioning G&G and now it's just like casual to talk about it yeah it's just it's a thing now that's where we're at it's out, out front and center yeah I guess kind of unavoidable so betty i guess just lives there but her and jughead are gonna go ahead and do some sort of pre-show ritual uh gladys is a little suspicious but like 
what's she supposed what are they supposed to do what are they supposed to say what is she supposed to think um but it's super sketch because they show up to the school and they're just covered in soot like just completely like covered yeah it's pretty funny and we'll get to why that happened in a second but yeah it's opening night and kevin is just like hey can you tell jughead his line and jughead's like what i'm not in the show this is the most ridiculous thing ever is that we're just going to somehow teach jughead a song and a line at the end uh the line that he sings at the end is brand new sheriffs come to town so it's kind of cute that he gets that line yeah it, it was not necessary but like that's fine but like i just don't understand what the point of that entire um like that last musical number i think it was just so that they could sing to the audience and that uh veronica can see her parents and they can talk about how they all want things to be simpler and easier and innocent and um then they all take off their clothes which is kind of weird yeah it's like they're just stripping on stage in front of their parents like i don't really understand the purpose it was weird uh it's cute because betty is wearing the crown sweater but other than that everything else about it is super weird also they show penelope in the audience i have no clue why penelope is there I I could not tell you. And then that's when we get the flashback seeing that it turns out that they burned down the trailer and that is why they were covered in soot. And Kate, here's my question. Like, I get whatever. They burned down the trailer. That was sure. If that's what they wanted to do, that's what they wanted to do. But how did they do it in such a way that they ended up so completely covered in soot? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I figured out why. Because they're sitting in the car and they only have a tiny little bit of soot on them. And then they start going at it so i'm pretty sure they just banged in the car and all the that gave the time for the soot to somehow or the smoke to like get in the windows i don't know it, it does not make sense but that's fine it happened and then we flash back to them singing the final song and one tree hill is here he, well it's not one tree hill that's what i'm calling is him what's his name chad, chad michael, michael murray, murray. <laughs> i know yeah. chad michael murray from other stuff besides one tree hill because i never watched that um i just think i'm so excited that. that edgar Evernever is finally here i I'm excited that he's Chad Michael Murray because Chad Michael Murray's hot. And um, that's great. What I'm not here for is the creepy mechanical clapping and everyone just clapping on the same beat. Just it was terrifying. I hated it. Yeah. So Edgar's really not making the farm seem not creepy. Like it definitely seems super culty. Half of the audience is wearing all white, including the principal and probably Alice. I didn't particularly notice her, but they. Yeah, uh, I'm sure she was in all white. And they all stand up slowly and are clapping. And it's it's a good at least third of the people in the town who are there yeah it's it's quite a few people and um most of them are now farmies i guess and they all are just like weirdly clapping along with edgar and then evelyn goes i knew my dad would like it and i'm like ugh, i hate this but at least we're moving that plot forward right overall this whole episode was definitely moving from away from the Hiram stuff and moving towards the farm being the big bad which is something yes. that you have been predicting for a long time and is finally happening and i was and right <laughs> I'm here for it. So let's get into a couple things for the episode. First off, the title, obviously Big Fun, is a song from Heather's musical. It's the one they sang in the crypt. It's a rock musical with lyrics and book by Lawrence O'Keefe and Kevin Murphy based on the 1989 film of the same name written by Daniel Waters. So I, yeah, so I mean the title like was cute. I can't really think of any, there's not really any of the other songs that they could have used to make it make sense. Then you could call it 17. That'd be a little weird. Yeah. They could so. call it beautiful. Nah, candy store. Candy nah, store. let's just stick with this. So I think this was fun. This is fine. I, be, I think be fine. Big fine is fine. It's big fine. Another question we got this week was from Gregory McBean, who said that he just listened to the River, Riverdale podcast from last week, and he had a question for me about One Tree Hill, and he asked if I was the type of viewer who forgives Dan or hates him until the end. And my response to that is pretty much just hate Dan at all times. So for you, One Tree Hill fans. Thanks for the One Tree Hill spoilers that I'm going to hate Dan. Uh, I don't think that's a really spoiler. If most people hate Dan, that means I'll probably like him. So Uh, I dare you to watch One Tree Hill and like Dan. That would be a really, really hot take. I can add One Tree Hill to my list, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've got several more shows I need to watch before that. I do think you would like it. I mean, it's a teen drama. I'm going to be interested. And it's got Chad Michael Murray in it. Okay, Chad Michael Murray is so hot. And I just, I just... I loved him on Gilmore Girls, and I loved that when he left Gilmore Girls, he went to One Tree Hill, and I just, and he's in a Cinderella story, and- Oh, yeah. Good times. I just love him, okay? Tweet at us if you would like us to turn this podcast into a One Tree Hill podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) 
make it happen. That, you know what? Once we're all caught up on Riverdale, we can look at adding another show. <laughs> <laughs> so looking towards next episode for some predictions, do you think that Hiram and Hermione are done for good? Or do you think they will ever reconcile? I hope they're done for good, but I feel like they will reconcile in the face of the threat that is the farm. Oh, that would be good. So you think they'll just reconcile like civilly? You don't think they are going to reconcile romantically? Oh, I mean, we haven't no. really seen them be romantic They've never been romantic. That was always a marriage of convenience. But I think they'll like team back up to fight the farm. They've both taken kill shots at each other, sort of. They're both so. alphas. And that might be why it doesn't work romantically. <laughs> yeah. So who do you think is the most normal person of the week? I just... Hermione, I guess, for like saying she didn't want Heather's to be the musical and then also for like trying to shield some of the divorce from Veronica. I don't know. I, I could also say that it could be Hiram, though. I mean, he finds out his wife tried to kill him, and so he gets a divorce. I'm not okay. Or the way that he was manhandling his egg over the line. Yeah, the show. way that he smashed that eggshell is a little bit too far past the line. I also just think it's not normal to be like, I have no family anymore. My daughter's also dead to me. I've, I would uh, say that FP was an option, but he won last week, so he doesn't get it again. Do we want to give it to both Hiram and Hermione together? Together they yeah, make one normal let's person? Let's do that. Yeah, Hiram and Hermione Lodge, I think, is a good answer. Yes. And I don't think they will be an option ever again. <laughs> Probably not. So let's give it to them while they can. So we received a review on iTunes. Thank you very much yes. to Noah, Noah Noah 17. Thank you, Noah Noah 17. <laughs> Noah says, sharing the opinion that Archie is one of the most useless parts of the series is why this podcast deserves your attention. Even though they like to hate on the show, Kirsten and Mary give totally unbiased commentary on the world's greatest show, Riverdale. Heavy quotation marks on those parts. But I, I you know, thank you, Noah, for understanding and agreeing with us that Archie is just one of the most useless parts of this entire show. Yes. I Thank you, Noah. Uh, I don't think you needed the quotes around totally unbiased because I think we are totally unbiased. Come on. How dare you? But seriously, thank you for the review. And if anyone else also wants to get some attention on the podcast, put in a, re- a review. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like, dislike, what belongs in air quotes. Come on. Yeah. It was just such a good time to do it. <laughs> we also want to announce that applications are still open if you would like to be the Mike Bloom of the Kowski cast. And if for some reason you don't know what that means, if anyone would like to apply to be our person that we are going to seek out for some potential ridiculous off-season podcasts such as who or what the best Jughead voiceovers are <laughs> or who what Cheryl's best outfits are. If you have any interest in any ridiculous podcast like that and would like to be a part of the show, please email me at podcast at KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Just go ahead and direct message either of us or the KowskiCast Twitter. That would be great. Um, okay, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our recap of episode 17. Until then, you can follow me online at Pharrell Mary on every platform and if you're interested you can check out some of the other shows we do on this podcast you can check those out at kowskicast.com that's cow with a k Kirsten where can everyone find you you can find me on all social media at Kirsten said what and the other content you can catch both of us doing is on rob has a website.com you'll catch us doing some big brother updates on the weekends yeah and if you're interested and you just want to help me out I am currently one of the top five for this week Wand Off, which is a Survivor parody podcast about Survivor parody songs. So if you would like it to vote for me, feel free to go to robiswebsite.com slash vote Wanda. And if you're listening to this podcast within a week of when we release it, feel free to vote for my big Wendy cover. It says by Pharrell Mary. So if you would like to vote for definitely not the best song, but if you just want to vote for me, that'd be great. <laughs> and that would be at robiswebsite.com slash vote Wanda. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for that. All right. Until next time. Goodbye. (laughs) Big fun.